0: during the time of storm. Everyone standing, in place. ¶¶ 24 everybody is standing and singing are you washed in the blood of the lamb amen 124.
1: Got your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to uh, Second Timothy, Second Timothy. By now 2 Timothy chapter number 4 is where we'll be and we're going um, and I want to bring a thought wander or wonder which will it be? See, we, you know, several, you know, the last. You know, well, I didn't with this past Sunday, but Sunday, before, you know, the before Brother Young preached, and the one before that, I preached on the mind. Also, I preached last Wednesday night on the mind, and this is this is uh, where I wanna I wanna take us because there's everybody. oftentimes say, you know, I wonder. Well, do you? Or do you wind up wandering? See, same amount of letters, almost the same pronunciation, entirely different meanings. Now the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7, a very familiar passage of Scripture, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I have kept the faith, the Bible says. But are you, are you wandering or are you wandering? See, that's the thing that we've got to make and, and get settled in our lives. Are we at a state of wonder or wonder? And see, in this verse of scripture, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. So that says there, that, that tells me everything is finished. No more wandering around, I've kept the faith. Have you? Have you kept the faith? Interesting thing. Father, we ask you now to lead God and direct us, Lord, as we try to feebly preach your word. Lord, I just ask you to have your word preached and let it be what it will be and use it for your honor, for your glory. And Lord, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for that. It's in your name I pray. Amen. The word wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, found 14 times in the King James Bible. Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary gives this definition, to rove, R-O-V-E. To ramble here and there without any certain course or object in view. Kind of rambling, you might say. Wonder, wonder where I'm going. Some people even put in there, you can even include drifter. Drifting this, you know, everyone every How about this? Come what may type, type of person. This is what Christians don't need to be. We don't need to be this type of person that is a wanderer. Heaven help. You don't want to see it in Danville. I mean, God help us. There's a church every every 250 yards. Every kind of doctrine known to man. Every kind of perverted Bible that's out there is in, is in the city of Danville. So see... That's what I'm talking about. So see, you don't want to be one of these ones that is a person that is to rove, to ramble here and there without any certain course or object in view. Now, if you go back to our text, our text first said, I have fought a good fight. I have fought. Finished my course, I have kept the faith. So see, so we know that there's no way for a Christian who is who is saved by the grace of God and is and says that they're saved by the grace of God. There's no way that they can fulfill this verse of Scripture if they are a wanderer because they're rove, roving, roving here, rambling there. See, bad things happen when you wander and not pay attention. Bad things can happen. Don't believe it? Ask the guy over in Raleigh just last week. The guy over in Raleigh was unloading the big concrete pipes with a forklift. He was instructed to catch the big, I think they were like six foot diameter concrete pipes from the side. Why? Only an idiot would unload six-foot diameter concrete pipes with a forklift from the side. Well, to make a long story short, guess where the forklift wound up? It done a nosedive. Pipes rolls out into the middle of the highway. Car hits the pipe. The end of the, well, the story just builds from there. So see, wandering if you're saying, well, how would he unload them? Caught them from the inn. Drove right up in there and picked them up. See, no role. But see, that's what happens when you, when you don't pay attention. And also, that's what happens when you wander. Unfaithfulness comes from a wanderer. Discord, anger, false witness, bad testimony, unsuitable spirit, unusable spirit. For Christ's sake. And much more of these. I mean the list just keeps right on going. When you are a wanderer. But where we need to be is a wanderer. One that is in wonder. The word wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, is in the King James Bible 15 times. Noah Webster's dictionary, 1828 dictionary, gives this a definition. The emotion which is excited by novelty... Or the presentation to the sight or mind of something new, u- unusual, strange, great, extraordinary. And this is what I, what I like. Or, not well understood. Basically, when you are a, in, in, a, in a state of wonder... You're in a state of awe. Like, wow. Like, whoa. Like some of these young people would say. And the reason you're in that state is because of the fact you're seeing things from a different perspective. You're seeing things as through the eyes of Christ. When you get on Christ's level and see things as Christ sees things, then church, your whole horizon and... Your whole boundaries broaden because you're seeing things differently. This is where the Christian needs to be. In a constant state of awe or amazement in what God is doing in lives. That's what we need to be. This is, this is it. I had somebody walk up to me today, greet me and say, Preacher, I, I'm just letting you know I will see you Sunday morning. The unlikeliest person I had ever in my mind would have ever dreamed, tell me that. I looked at this young lady and I said, well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you. And I, could, and I was just like, she said, oh, I've been thinking about it for a while. And I said, well, I've been looking for you for a while. Amen, and she looked at me and she said, you have? And I said, yeah. I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you. What pastor would not want to see and hear those words? Oh, I don't care if you come or not. Well, no, I mean, no. I, hey, I'm excited. You're excited about coming. I'm excited that you're going to come too. And I'm thinking to myself, already in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, visitors' bags... Man, the struggle of having to write another letter and fold it and get it put in an envelope and mail it to them and everything. man, what a drudgery that is No, it's not it's no problem at all because of the fact that's it's great. It's a great thing to do. I wish I could mail out mail them out all the time every single week. It's been exciting the last couple of weeks when I'm mailing out the visitors' letters that's coming welcoming them and thanking them for coming amen. But see, that's where we need to be because I thought to myself, I said, man, God, thank you for sending visitors. And this past week I said, hey, God, thank you for sending them back. Praise God, it didn't get lost. Amen. Amen. So how can we get to the state in our minds, our noggins up here, our hat racks, how can we get that brain trained to be in wonder? Of the Lord. Well, first of all, let me go ahead and tell you this. What's well, not in the outline, you have to get rid of the negativity. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You have to be positive. Yeah. And if you think negativity things, don't let it come out of your mouth. That's right. yeah. Amen. Amen. Subpoint point A. Sub point B, you have to be happy while you're at the church. If you walk around like you're looking like you're in prison, guess what? People are wondering, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Amen? It's okay to have a smile on your face while you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now We'll move on to point number one. You must have a vision. Now the Bible tells us in, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he, the Bible tells us. Now think about this for a second. Where there's no vision, the people perish. We've heard that part of the Scripture verse all of our lives. But see, the thing of it is, that's where everybody puts. They forget about that 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 semicolon, and then they forget about all that right there, and then they go, they don't, and they don't repeat, they don't even quote the rest of it. It says, "But he that keepeth the law, which is he that keeps the scriptures, happy is he." So see, if we have a vision, we're happy in the things of the Lord. That means we're studying our Bibles with a smile on our face. Instead of, oh God, I gotta read my Bible. If you got that attitude, don't even open it because you're gonna get nothing from the scriptures. You gotta have a desire to, when you open the scriptures to get something from it, you gotta remember, the only way that God speaks to us is through the written word of God. And the only time that he is gonna speak to us through the written word of God is when we read it. You're saying, "Well, I don't do that often." Well, that's because, and you probably are the one that often God don't speak to you. See, you got to believe, and you got to follow the leadership of God. And and, then, as a a person, when you follow the leadership of God, you follow the leadership that's found in the Scriptures. And that's where we get it. The Scriptures gives us the things that we need for our daily lives. It is not a a book that we take and put on the shelf and take it down on Sunday and then come into church like you've done something special and then get home and put it back up on the shelf. And if you come to church on Wednesday night, you take it down. But if you don't, you bring it back into church like you've done something high and mighty on Sunday morning again. The Bible is something that we read and we study and we meditate on daily. I thank God for technology because I got the King James Bible on my phone. Amen. So see, everybody's telling you, well, when do you study? Well, hey, look, there's a parking lot in every town. Huh? And, I fi- and I am slowly documenting where dot drops are sold in stores. Should you need... A, uh, a directory, see me. I know where they are. And I search them out. And I told the man today, I said, because, and I held one of them up, one of them 20 ounces. and I said, this is why I'm in your store. He looked at me and he said, are you serious? I said, the only reason that I come in this store is because of this drink. And I said, when you quit carrying it, you won't see Ray. He looked at me and he said, I put three right, I put three, three, I put I said. so now he's got three lines of diet sun drops in the, in the cooler. <laughs> Tell me there ain't a God in heaven. See? And I was in there when I come walking in there, I was in a state of ah, see. And that's how we should be. Number two, you got to have compassion for the lost. You've got to have compassion for the lost if you're going to be in the wonder of what God can do. Think about this. This, this. this, think about it. Why, preacher, should I be in a state of awe at somebody being lost? Because it was you. God saved your wretched soul from a place called hell at some point in time in your life. Because you call yourself a Christian, so that tells me that you're saved. And you see, so there's compassion that was shown to you. So in that compassion that was shown to you as a lost person, you should have that same compassion on that lost person. You're saying, well, how has that caused me to stand in a state of awe? A person being lost is not going to cause you to be in a state of awe. But when God convicts that person's heart... And that person is drawn to an old fashioned altar to the point of salvation. John six forty four. And when that, when God draws them to that that point of salvation, that my friend should cause you to stand in awe. And if it doesn't cause you to stand in awe, then I go back and say there's something wrong with your Christianity because of the fact church when when god saves an old sinner it should move us i shouldn't have to say there's a hand raised when i say that hand raised you should already be coming and praying for that person here Nobody comes. Shouldn't be. When somebody raises their hand, they're lost. The saved ought to be at the altar praying for them. And the reason for it is for one reason. It was you that was in that place at one point in time. It was you that was standing in need of Jude 22. And of some have compassion... Making a difference. Somebody had compassion on you. Somebody made a difference. Amen. Mm. But see, the thing of it is though, that requires, that requires, come on, brother Pruitt. Come on. Come on. Come on. That requires you coming out of your comfort zone and coming over here and telling this person, look, we love you. We and, love we're, you. and we're and we're going to be, here, we'll for be you. here for you. But see. But what if? But what if nobody came? What if nobody came? They wouldn't come back. You see, no compassion. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm, that's what we got to have, brother Pruitt. We got to have compassion on the lost because of why? If nobody has compassion on them, and nobody shows that they care, nobody shows that they love them, they're gonna go on somewhere else. I don't want to see Brother Pruitt go nowhere else. Sometimes. <laughs> he knows that I love it. See you, brother. But see, the thing of it is this church. Think about this. Think about this. That was, that was you in that standing in the need of compassion at one point. That was you. That was me. Needing Compassion. And I'm glad in August of 1999 that Jesus showed compassion on a wretched old sinner like myself. Let me tell you, if I got what I deserved that Wednesday evening, I'd be crawling in the gates of hell with my back broke, and I'd be doing it backwards, and I'd be going in there with a bucket that had a hole in it, and I'm trying to throw water on the fire. That's what, I, that's what I deserve. But see, the thing of it is, it was God showing compassion, love, grace, and mercy on me that saved my wretched soul that Wednesday evening. And I thank God Almighty, I thank God Almighty that He did save an old sinner like myself. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Yeah. But see, the thing of it is though, for us to be in a state of awe, a state of wonder, we have got to have that compassion. Number three, we got to have the desire to go and tell. Think about this right here. If we was to start right here with this box of tissues and come across and go pew to pew all the way through the whole, the whole sanctuary, every salvation story is different. Every salvation story has a different version to tell. God did this for me on the day that I got saved. And the day that I got saved, God took this from me. And see, and you go over here to this one. This one's different. This one's different. This one's different. It keeps right on changing. But see, the thing of it is, the gospel never changed. What changed was the stories of how the gospel affected the person. See? And that's why, that's why you got to go and tell. Because of the fact, look, Brother Pruitt's story may not help that person over here, but it very well may help some kids at the camp. Amen. Brother Young's story may not help the kids at the camp, but it very well might help somebody at the camp meeting. Right. See, see, same thing, different different crowd, but it's the same outcome. It having an effect. And that's what we're talking about—is having that effect. And the way you have that effect is it's got the show, Christ has got the show through you. But if there's always a scowl, a look, and always a, a frown, and just plain mean, that ain't Christ showing through you. That ain't nothing but pure devil. Jesus says this in Luke chapter fourteen and verse number twenty-three. And it says here about, about going and telling. And it says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I want to go to that word compel. That word compel means the, uh, simply has the sense of figure out a way to get them into the Father's house. If you want to put it down in redneck terms where all of us can understand, and I'm redneck, and so that's terms that Ray can understand. It has that that tendency. Compel means to take, to draw. To bring. Got to bring them in. I've said, look here, when Brother John Melton was pastoring over there where Brother Paul Moss is at now, he told the church. He said, Chur- he said, Church, i got a burden for kids. So he went out and started getting kids, and then the kids started coming. Then he, he had an opportunity and bought some land and, and opened Light in the Mountain Youth Camp up on the mountains. And he, he said... And he started inviting all these young'uns, all these churches and everything to come. There was one problem. 250 kids. They didn't have no food. So he began to pray and he kept saying, what am I going to do? I got all these young'uns coming. All these churches come bringing these young'uns. What am I going to do? And he says, finally, he said, Lord, I, he said, look, what am I going to do? I, I, youngins is coming. The Lord revealed to him, said, hey, you preach, and you give them kids preaching, they'll eat. Opening morning, camp come, and all the kids there. 250 plus kids running around up there and lighting them out. Brother John Milton said, the Lord said, God said, said, preach. So he called them all underneath the tabernacle. They all went in there and they had preaching service and everything. Right about the time, and and that first year, he preached to the kids. He kept hearing something while he was preaching. He said, what in the world is all that noise coming? Food line sent a tractor trailer to the, found out about it and sent a tractor trailer full of food. And he said, "Told him, said I got nowhere to keep it." And they said, "That trailer right there is refrigerated. We'll be back and get it Friday."
0: Amen, Yeah.
1: God told him. Now, let me just say this. God didn't come down to him in an audible voice and say, Brother John, thou goest and preachest. The food will be taken care of. No, there weren't none of that. God revealed to him through the Word. You just go and preach to them kids. The food will be taken care of. They'll be fed. Now, you ready for this? When they got through at the end of the week... There was 144 boxes of food left. Divide 144 by 12. Don't tell me there's not a God in heaven. Because there's a God in heaven that can supply every single need when we need it. Amen. So you know, I'll say this: we don't need. We just need to go and tell. We don't need to beg. We just need to go and tell and tell people that there is a, there is a savior. And you know what? Do what and, and look if it if it requires you reaching in your billfold and buying somebody lunch to come to church. Buy them lunch. You're saying, well, I'm not going to do that. I tell you what you do. You invite them to lunch. I'll buy them lunch. Amen? You just get them to come to church. I don't, it, it don't bother me at all to buy somebody lunch. As a matter of fact, if there's two families, I'll even get Brother uh, W.A. to buy some, uh, one family lunch, and I'll buy the other. Because why? I tell you what. Souls are worth more than a lunch. And when you start weighing a soul versus a happy meal or whatever, I'm telling you, something's wrong with your Christianity. Brother John Melton said he wanted kids to come to church. Let me just say this right here. Before he left that ministry over there, they had over at one point over 200 kids coming to the church. His pizza bill uh, they budgeted was $600 a month to feed them kids pizzas. Well, we can't do that. Bless God, we'll figure out a way. If it, if it requires it, we'll figure a way out. Amen? Amen. Now, I can't eat pizza, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll feed the uns pizza. Amen? Amen. 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 Number four, you, will, you will, need, will, will tell your loved ones, you will tell your loved ones about the unconditional love of Jesus. If you hadn't shared your, with your loved ones what Jesus has done for you, shame on you. Amen? I had one bullet back in May, Sunday morning. Prayed on that thing. I told Brother Young when I was on vacation. I said, hey. I said, Brother Young. I said, I got one bullet. Got out there on that deck. I had my back to the ocean. They were looking towards the ocean. And I was able to uh, have a, a little service there on the deck of the house we rented. And was able to uh, to share the... And here's the thing. By me sharing the message. Little Weston was right there amongst us. Never made a peep. That young'un loves church. Amen. Amen? I had one, one bullet. So you might as well go ahead and do it. Go ahead and fire it. Amen. I got one bullet Monday. At one o'clock, I got one bullet to fire, and there's going to be a crowd there, and I promise you this, Brother Jeff, that old single barrel is going to have one shell in it, and I'm going to fire it right amongst the crowd. Amen, Amen? Yeah. Because why? when you only got one one time, one chance to do it, you take advantage of it. They th- amen my pastor told me the one thing you he, he said turn down weddings all the time but never turn down a funeral amen <laughs> i agree with him 100 percent on that done with the wedding but what does the bible say luke nineteen ten says this for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost so hey look we all got family members that are lost why about tell them about the love of jesus Amen. Look here. Instead of getting on the phone and gossiping and all this other mess, how about sharing the love of Jesus on the phone? That's right. That ought to get them riled up on Facebook. Let me get. I'm gonna send this guy a misspelled word letter. Bunch of idiots. Never in my life. I feel. How about this next one? I could go on with this about the unconditional love to family members, but we all know we need to share that love of Jesus with our family. Right, yeah, we do. But the next one is the most difficult. Number five, you must be ready to love. See, it's, it's real it's real simple when it's us and we're not required uh, we're, we're not required to do anything. It's it's real simple to come into the church and and see it and not do nothing. It's real simple to come into the church house and gripe, and bellyache, and whine, and moan, and groan about those that are doing something. See, it's real difficult. But see, when the time comes, though, when, it, when the time comes, and the chips are down, and somebody that needs some love, uh-uh, we can't give it. But the Bible says contrary to that. Take your Bibles and turn over to 1 John. Because see, the Bible says, not only are we to be a servant to the Lord, but we are to love. Not just ourselves. We're to love everybody. And that means being a loving Servant, and that means being in love with the servant's heart that you have and loving the service that you do. But I'm going to go ahead and say, wait a minute now. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. But if you're giving grudgingly, keep it. Because all you're doing, all you're doing, uh, this is what's happening, all, this is all you're doing, is you're throwing away. Every blessing because God's not going to bless what you're trying to do. First John, everybody there? Go to chapter four. I quoted it Sunday. You'll hear pages turning. Everybody there? Chapter 4, 1 John. Look at verse number 10. It tells us there, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Hold on a minute. Let's go back and let's do a review. You must be ready to love. That means you got to give away the love of God to everybody that you come in contact with. Well, I don't love everybody. There's something wrong with your Christianity. If you're on the proverbial high horse, you're not getting any blessings from God because of the fact you're on the high horse. You've got to come down to God's level. The Bible tells us, when it, let's review. It tells us, herein is love. So we know what love is. Okay? We know what love is. Not that we as a person, not that we love God. But see, God loved us. How do we know that? It says there, but He loved us. He loved us so much He went to the cross and bore our sins on the cross because He knew that we as a sinful person, we had no way out. So, He bore our sins. And sent His Son, notice the word Son is capitalized, talking about Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation, to be the appeasement for our sins. So, God is love. We must love others. We have the answer to the lost and dying world. And most of you are holding it in your lap. Yeah. You have the answer. Yet, you don't love others enough to go give it away. That's right. The gospel tracts have the gospel on them. Give them away. We're doing a great job. I mentioned it several about a month or so ago. And, and 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 Brother Adam, guess what? The track giveaways have gone up. People are taking them because I mentioned them. Hmm. Wonder. Huh. Anyway. But see, here's the thing. Is it making a difference? You better believe it is. Yeah. Can we do more? You better believe we can. That's why we're having the car show. That's why we're doing the, the ice cream shows. That's why we're doing these things. Why? Because it's making a difference in people's lives. Right. Amen, Do you realize 90 people's been saved now this year? Amen. Man, well preacher, just the other day it was 81. Yeah, ain't that amazing? Yeah. People are being saved. Well, you... <sighs> well, I'm not seeing them in church. You're exactly right. You're not seeing them in church at Community Baptist Church you're seeing them in churches somewhere else. Yep. Because I'm getting emails from preachers thanking me for the letters that's being mailed in packets and getting them people going to their church. See, all this stuff ain't about me. It's about Him. Amen? And it's about others. That's why we need to give these tracts away. That's why we need to be a witness and last. You should be glad that your church has a God-called pastor to lead it. Instead of some skinny jean, who knows what, walking around in a t-shirt and flip-flops that ain't afraid to call sin what sin is. Amen? Amen? and sadly today that's exactly what a bunch of churches has got they got these things walking around in skinny jeans eating skinny biscuits and all this mess from all and and see and 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 they and they won't call sin for what it is because of the fact they've got five six seven hundred and they want to keep five six seven hundred and they want to give and the preacher wants to give them nothing so he can keep them and see, and that's what's wrong with what with with the churches. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give the Bible. I'm going to give the Bible in its entire truth. I'm gonna stay, I'm not gonna stand on God's Word because if I stand on it, I won't be able to open it and read it. So see, I'm gonna stand with the Word of God and I'm just gonna keep right on firing into the dark and I'm gonna keep right on uh, snagging those ones that are out there out of the pits of hell with the preached Word of God and I'm gonna keep right on just going on for the sake of Jesus. Amen. And I tell you what, we're going to keep on just loving on God's grace. We're going to keep right on loving on His mercy. We're going to keep right on loving on His kindness and His goodness and everything that He's done for us because why? He's worthy. I'm not. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us plainly in Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 said, how then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher?' You're not going to hear the inspired, true Word of God from some pansy that gets up there with all his prim and proper stuff and and gives a message about nothing. You're going to get it from the man of God who God has called and God has ordained and the man of God has been prayed on and prayed over the book and gets the message that God wants the people to have. It ain't popular being me. And I didn't get into it because of popularity. I got into it because God called me. He called me to preach. I'm just following His lead. Amen? Amen. But you will not hear without a preacher. And any time that you try to go around and circle around and do your own thing, God's going to shoot it down. You're right. Because you bypass the preacher. Yeah. Right. You're saying, well, wait a minute. I beg to differ. Sinner friend, I can back it up with Bible. Amen, bro. You're right. Because of the fact that's not the way God ordained it. God ordained it to come through the local church. You're right, and when it comes through the local church, it comes through the pastor first. Yeah. Amen. Amen? You're saying, well, hey, preacher, how is having a pastor that preaches the full Word of God causing me to stand in awe? Because there ain't many left. Right, there ain't many left. Right. There's not many of them left. Because, of the, uh, because why? They've all gone by the way of holy jeans. They've all gone by the way of flip-flops. They've all gone by the way of uh, them tie-dyed uh, muscle t-shirts and stuff like that. Bless God, if I got in one of them things, I'd have to call the ambulance to come and cut me out of it. And besides, I'll go ahead and tell all of you, don't none of you need to see this physique in one of them muscle T-shirts. I don't want to. But see, the, but you know, here's the thing though, church. Funny as it is, funny as it may be, but let me just tell you something, that's the society and churches that we got today. You're right. They have taken and watered the pulpit down for the sake of one thing. Numbers. You're right. Yeah. No. No. Exactly right. Mm-mm. I'm not going to compromise on the Word of God. Before, brother, I say this, and I'm done. Brother James and I had a good conversation. I, I, I there at the end, I grew to love Brother James, and. The man, well, I'm gonna tell you. I thought I was sarcastic. I got to know him. Let me just tell y'all something. Y'all think I'm sarcastic? Ooh. But he told me some things, I never forgot them. And I told him when he was eating that second piece of cake, I told him, "I said, brother James, I said, man, I said you need to take it easy on that cake. I said you got sugar, son." He looked at me and he said, "Let me tell you something." Yeah, he said, I said, what is that? He said, call that waitress over here for another uh, glass of tea. (laughs) I said, okay. He came over there and he said, I'm going to tell you something. When he was eating that second piece of cake, he said, when I die, you preach the word of God. I said, I'm going to do that when you're alive. He said, I know. He said, don't stop. He said, because you will be tried. what he told me. I never shared that with nobody. Brother James Albert told me in that restaurant with that piece of cake, that final piece of cake on his fork. He looked at me and he told me when he says, now I want you to preach and I want you, he's going to be tried. And he said, this is when you're going to be tried. Brother Young, I looked at him like he was crazy. He missed it by day, one day, because I went and I had it written down, because some things I just you know are noteworthy. And he told me, he said, you're going to be tried unlike you've never been tried before. And he looked at me and he said, son, preach, just preach, just rear back, cock it and preach. And I said, I'm going to do it. And I said, I'm going to do that when you're alive. And he says, well, when I'm dead, he said, it's going to happen on this day when you tried. He told me it would be on a Friday. It happened on a Saturday. How he knew it. A year after he was in the grave, how he knew it, I'm still in awe and in wonder. But you know what, brother? I preach right on because of the fact I got you coming up behind me. Amen? So that's the reason I preach. Because I want Brother Adam. To know that his man of God, that mountain mounts the pulpit, is just that, the man of God that the church has as their pastor. And I will defend it tooth and nail, and if need be, I'll give my life for the, for the church. Because why? I love the Lord that much. And when we sing that old song, Brother Young, I have decided to follow Jesus. Let me tell you something, it's got a whole lot of meaning to me because I decided a long time ago that I'm going to follow Jesus. And that part, though none go with me, let me just tell you this. I've looked back many a time and the only person that was on the trail was just me and Cheryl holding hands, walking, singing. But you know what? That weren't too bad either. But I'm going to tell you something. When your faith is tried, where are you going to stand? Are you going to stand in wonder to rove about and ramble? Or are you going to stand in wonder when you're being tried like, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm being tried. This is amazing. i tell you what I'm going to do, brother. Brother Young, you know what I'm going to do? just like I've done before, I'm going to stand in utter amazement at what God is, is able to do. Mm. And I'm going to tell you something. All these souls getting saved in all these different places around the world, guess what? It's pretty exciting. From a little old pulpit on the side of the road in Irish Lane in Danville, Virginia. Makes me to stand and wonder and saying, what else can, can God do? Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for the word wonder. Helps us to realize what we don't need to be. But Lord, thank you for the word wonder. That tells us what we need to be. We need to be in awe. Just in utter amazement at what you can do and what you've already done and what you're in the process of doing but most importantly what you're going to do I don't know the day don't know the hour but Lord Jesus you're coming back you're coming back oh glorious day that's all I can say is oh glorious day So, Lord, lead God and direct us now. Get us all home safely. Then, Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, you would, uh, Lord, help us finish out the work week. The ones of us that work keep us safe on the roads and stuff. And, Lord, next week, I'll just go ahead and jump ahead for Monday. Lord, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to be here for our kickoff of our our power conference. But, uh, Lord, uh, I do ask you to help uh, there and lead God and direct if you can. So, Lord, we love you, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I do have one question.